Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, everybody. As you can see, if you're watching, a little different setup than you've ever kind of seen on the podcast before. Outside of us having guests, we uh, decided to hop on the StreamYard train and test this out, see how this all goes. Yeah, seems a little weird. I'm staring at a TV with you on it, so it, it's new than you just being right there. Yeah, I mean, it feels a little weird being in the house, um, not being able to be there. But as you can see from underneath my name, sick at home. And you are alone in the studio because, well, I'm alone Bryce in the studio. <laughs> yeah, Bryce and Dave are Bryce and Dave. Yep, we have now implemented a yellow and red card system, so we will see how that gets on, and hopefully, in turn, that puts out possibly more content for you guys to enjoy. So, in the long run, it could be a good thing. Yeah, I think so. I think it'll end up working out well. So, uh, watch the big game yesterday at all. I did. I did. I went. I was up money a little, yeah, slightly up money. I went three of five. So, okay. I mean, didn't do too bad. What about you? I did watch. I didn't have enough time to really put any bets in. Um, the one that I was going to put in was like a plus three thousand for uh, anybody not anybody not the quarterback throwing a pass oh. because. The 49ers are the 49ers, and I was like, if I do it, it's not going to happen. And then, of course, they do the the whole little flea flicker back across Jenny. the field. Yep. That would have been money, literally. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been a solid. I think I, you know, you put 20 bucks on that at plus 3,000. But anyway, nope. live and learn. That you do. One place that you can place those kinds of bets is bet online. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team, and remember to use promo code Believe that is B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. The game starts here. Uh, once again, thank you to Bet Online for sponsoring today's episode. You heard the bonus, the welcome bonus code. Go ahead and get in there. Use it, Owen. You still can't bet, so sorry, buddy. Maybe one day. Those plus three thousand odds for a non QB <laughs> player is not available, or non QB player to throw a touchdown pass. Not available to you yet, and someone in this podcast just doesn't make good use of those odds. So, yeah, right. <laughs> in between throwing up yesterday and like wanting to sleep all day, I was just not thinking about putting in any bets, and I should have clearly because as soon as and it's just like anytime Paige puts any bets in, and it's, we'll talk about it beforehand, and I'll be like, "No, nah, he's not going to score. That guy's not going to score." And sure enough, every single time. So it's <laughs> it's the fade Kanata out here. That's it, whatever I say, opposite. Yeah, I, I kind of feel that even with the Nas- or the cultural ball national championship game. Yeah, I was on the the run game from Michigan is gonna be too much. And I, but you were all in on on uh on Washington there, weren't you? Yeah, it was. And it wasn't a bad 
terrible game, you know? Yeah. Gave no. me a little hope there for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Almost. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad an Orlando City podcast can talk about college football betting and, and the big game betting. But we do have to get down to business. Uh, we put out a tweet earlier with the weekend rumor roundup, just kind of giving the headlines for what happened last week, even going into two weeks ago, because these sagas have been going on for so long. And the first one is talking about Sheffield Wednesday planning on putting in a bid for Duncan McGuire in the summer if they don't get relegated, which at this point, not looking likely. <laughs> yeah. Not looking likely. So, like, way to be proactive and say that you want to go after him, and you're not. You're kind of like not putting it out there per se that you're going to go down. But mm, yeah. your current situation is definitely not helping you out at all, and it just continues to look worse for them. Um, you know, it it's kind of also a little weird when you come out and say like, "Oh yeah, this is our target for next summer." Like, I, you don't typically hear clubs like Sheffield coming out and being like, yes, this is the guy that we're going to go after because things change so much, especially at that level and the talent that's available on the market changes day to day. Um, Mm -hmm. So kind of interesting to see Sheffield come out and say that, you know, there's multiple sources over there that are confirming that they're interested and sources are also confirming that Blackburn still intend to try to sign some sort of pre-contract for the summer. Um, Whether that, Duncan actually being interested or his agent still being interested. We'll get into that later, but (laughs) I either one of those clubs, I don't think I'd want him to end up at at this point. Now you and I were sitting there looking at it and like, there's plenty of other better options for mid table championship teams or even championship sides that are fighting for promotion that he could potentially fit in very well with that need a number nine that aren't, that don't have somebody prolific up there scoring for them. So him with another couple months here in the United States, get him a couple more goals. I think those those clubs will come knocking. I know I do know of a championship club that is currently in a playoff spot that just had a striker go down due to injury. Mm-hmm. It actually needs one in West Brom. Unfortunately, Daryl DK hurting the opposite Achilles that he injured well, like a year ago. Now I would say, yep, uh, just, just came back off of that injury. Yep, I like probably third game back from injury at this point. Uh, Really unfortunate for him. He came on in the 55th minute as a sub. 65th minute comes around. Uh, There goes the other Achilles. Um, I just really feel bad for Duncan. Or not Duncan in the scenario. Well, I feel bad for Duncan too. Really feel bad for Daryl in this scenario. Uh, A guy that just doesn't deserve it at all. What seems like a really nice humble guy. Uh, getting to watch him play here and abroad couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Yeah, it's uh, it's really unfortunate. And, you know, people are talking about his game, spe- like the ma- amount of matches that he played from when he w- was drafted here on loan to uh, Barnsley, comes back and then proceeds to go to straight to West Brom. Um, with international camps all in between that. So it was a lot of games in that time frame. Not, you know, but you can't really say anything about that. I think it comes down to more the fact of the freak of nature Daryl is. You know, people like him aren't meant to move like he does. 
and your body is going to let you down in certain points if you're not meticulously training and working on all these weak points you know um nothing against him nothing against the training staff but you just never know especially every single person's body's made differently and mm-hmm. especially because of the size and the mass of this guy like you, you don't expect people his size to be a nimble striker like he is and some sometimes your body's gonna let you down yeah it's really unfortunate because he didn't really deal with injuries that much here in orlando i would want to say and then he gets his move second move back over to england uh, for what uh, West Brom, a decent side, they kind of yo-yo in between the Prem and the championship. So I think there is a chance that we could have seen Daryl in the Prem one day. But now you you got your second Achilles injury uh, in um, less than two years, and it's just not looking great. Maybe West Brom looks to move on from him, and then is another club at that level going to give you another chance? Is he primed for a move back to MLS? Who knows? You just you just got a feel for him. Yeah, it's definitely a space to watch coming up and seeing what's going on. It's definitely don't want to see him move back stateside. He's got a lot of potential, but, you know, it, it's definitely something that could happen. And I'm trying to pull up his injury. Let's see. I got it right here. Uh, so 2022, yeah, 2022-2023 season, Achilles tendon surgery kept him out for 264 days. He missed 41 matches. Uh, 22-23, he missed 98 days due to thigh problems for West Brom. He had a hamstring injury, 21-22. Also, West Brom missed 14 matches. Uh, and then the one injury that he had here in Orlando, he missed five games, 25 days, shoulder injury. So he had the one shoulder. I, I can't even remember exactly what that was. Maybe he landed out wrong or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's he's been going through it now with uh, almost – 400 days maybe right on 400 days missed due to injury just since he went over to West Brom it's tough I mean the guy can't catch a break and you you can't help but feel for him I mean that's a that's a U.S. men's national team product you know potentially future and it, it hurts to see stuff like that happening to him I mean Orlando City affiliation aside it's just just a, it sucks to see any footballer go through something like that Yep, it really does. So, I'm calling it now. Duncan McGuire to West Brom. Daryl DK back to Orlando City. It's a win-win. Who says no? They both have to stay healthy. No more injuries. Absolutely. All right, moving on to the second topic uh, in the weekend rumor roundup tweet. No move from Adana Demirspor for Rodrigo Schlegel. Turkish window closed on Friday. So, as of right now, especially on the Turkish side as their transfer windows closed, Rodrigo is staying here. Yeah, I mean, uh, truly Adana was the only true concrete interest um, in Rodrigo Schlegel. We heard uh, Botafogo uh, interested and then later on was confirmed that they're not in talks currently with Orlando City. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't enter talks with Mm -hmm. Orlando City for Rodrigo. Currently, there's nothing on the table. There's been no contact made from the club to Orlando. Um, and truthfully, there was no contact from Adana either to Orlando for Rodrigo. It was just interest and maybe an inquiry um, on his availability, which was probably turned down because, as we heard, the uh, front office views Rodrigo as key and very 
integral in the depth in this in this team. Wasn't one of the words used starting? I think that was a translation. Uh, Thank you. A, a Twitter translate, Google translate thing, because later I saw another tweet that used the same phrase, but it was key and important or something like that. I can't remember. All right. Yeah. When I saw that and I saw starting in it, I was like, did we not just sign Brecolo to fill oh, yeah. that spot? Because if, if Rodrigo, excuse me, was starting over Brecolo, I think we'd have some other conversations on our hands. But key and, and integral or key and important also makes sense in a, in a number three center back role, especially for this season. Yeah, four competitions we're looking at. We want to go deep in all, in all four of them. We want to win the league. We want to win the Shield. We want to win the Cup. And we want to win the U.S. Open Cup. And we want to win League's Cup. I mean, so got to have center back depth. We got to have quality depth to rotate there. And he's definitely that. I'll give him that. Relying mm-hmm. on him, we've, we've set our pieces about that. So Orlando City, with other trophies that you've named, could walk away with a would – would that be a quintuplet? The quintuple. <laughs> the quintuple. It's going to happen. They we're going for the quintuple, boys. <laughs> <laughs> and then next year, make it the sextuple when we're in the Club World Cup. Oh. You heard it here first. Uh, the third and final weekend rumor was that Luis Muriel's medicals are booked for tomorrow. When you're hearing this, most likely the same day, Tuesday, the 13th of February. So hopefully we get some teaser material on the social medias tomorrow for Luis Muriel. Um, even an announcement, who knows? But he is going to be a line. Yeah, I mean, currently while we're recording this, he's already here in the States. Um, We saw earlier posts of him leaving Atlanta and then him on the plane. So that was probably at this point, we're talking about 10 hours, 8 to 10 hours ago now. So he's most likely already in the States, if not here or in Orlando already. Um, And I wouldn't be surprised if we did get an announcement tomorrow or today as this is posted. Um, I think this has been so publicly broadcasted, especially with Fabrizio, with uh, Tom Bogert, that the club knows that we all know that he's here, he's coming. So there's no need for like teaser content and stuff like that. Like we got with the Facundo rumors that were just kind of rumors, nothing really solidified, confirmed. Um, Fabrizio don't don't flop. So when he says the here we go, it's God's word basically in this in this industry. So I wouldn't be surprised we get an announcement video tomorrow, today. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at that at all. I think I was wishfully hoping for a in-stadium, in-person announcement of Mario uh, on Saturday during that match. But uh, again, that was just wishful thinking. Is I think I I see player announcements in in Europe, in South America, and their whole stadium is packed, and they have the fireworks. <laughs> and we just saw. I think it was Arturo Vidal. Right in on, yeah, a, on a horse with the cape. So obviously, like nothing like that, but just like get in a jeans and a kit, walk out, say hi. Be I, I think yeah, that's it. Oh, hi. That's... <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, so rumors were circulating that he was already going to be heading to the United States. So Saturday, um, we kind of had heard that he might be here already. Mm-hmm. Um, but comes out it turns out he really wasn't here so we were kind of hopeful obviously to see him but 
we did get some other information out of that friendly. That's for sure. That that was some big information. Yeah, I I, I was kind of surprised when we saw it happen. I'm gonna throw it up on the screen uh, right now. Let's make sure I hit the right one. Bang. So we put the maybe it's actually if it's actually him just to kind of be ambiguous because maybe you know we're just not seeing this perfectly on this camera at that point in time, but we know it was him. And then later confirm, confirmed by the uh, stadium cameras themselves. Oh, I'm just, it's just lagging a little bit. There we go. I'm trying to pull up the pictures. Sorry. Yep. So shout out to Bryce being yeah. Snapchat up in there in the top. <laughs> his, his pod, uh, his pod presence today. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So we see David Brecklow and, uh, Duncan McGuire, which that was a shock in and of itself um, because of the whole thing that, you know, we've been talking with sources throughout this entire process, you know, both sides, Orlando city side and um, over in Europe between Blackburn's, you know, news coverage and just large European markets. We've been talking with people on both sides and from what we saw on Twitter and what we heard, um, it had seemed like all communication and contact with Duncan McGuire had broken down. Um, nobody had any idea where he was. And then we kind of find out a little bit more about what the whole thing was like beforehand. <laughs> That's laughable. It's absolutely laughable. So not only was Chris pawning him out on his Twitter. Chris Megaloudis Duncan's yes, his agent. Sorry. Um, he was also pawning him out on the actual market without conferring with Duncan and Orlando City, any of that kind of stuff. Um, from what we're told, he put the entire deal together with Blackburn, which is why that kind of came out of nowhere. And everybody was like, wait, whoa, hang on. Like, there's rumblings, but, like, uh, without Duncan even knowing. And then pawning mm-hmm. him out there, putting him out there, and then being like, hey, man, I got in- I got interest from Europe for you. These European teams are interested. And it's like, it's only because he was offered up. You know, these guys weren't coming and looking. And then from there, uh, Chris proceeds to tell him, hey, we got it done. Here's all the paperwork. Pack a bag. Drops all the paperwork off at Orlando. Like, hey, here's the deal. Here's all the paperwork. This is what we agreed to. Catching a flight. And Muzi's confused as all hell. Uh, Uh, You want to keep going or can I? Go ahead. No, I was. Yes, your job as an agent is to find your client the best deal. Correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Did he find him the best deal? Absolutely not. And we see that because of everything that happened with Blackburn. This guy is obviously, or was just obviously looking for a nice little paycheck. And then he was going to move on to his next big paycheck and whatnot. We've seen it happen. This, not the same exact scenario, but the same thing where he thinks he's getting a lot of money and then a deal falls through. It's happened with him before. And you're just not doing a good job at that point as 
a player's representative going behind the club's back, going behind the player's back, ooh, back, it just it puts a bad taste in the mouth of everyone that then hears your name and then the club that you're supposed to be working with because your player is still under contract here also has a bad taste in their mouth with you. Just not a good look for him overall at all at any point. Yeah, no, I mean, so you you had a chance to save yourself the first time that deal falls through. That that deal falls through. You're in the you're in Sheffield with Duncan after everything's going down. You're expecting to sign a contract. It fell fell apart. Now's your chance. All right, we tried it. This you know it was gonna be. We tried it. We took a chance. It fell through. Let's just go back. You know, but instead of doing that, you you go radio silent. The club trying to reach, being like, hey. Like, what's the deal? You know, are they going to take you? Are you coming back home? Like, we it fell apart, obviously. They, they, they don't have the money to pay us, so you're not going to them. But it just goes radio silent. And then the loan deal comes up. The agent contacts the club again. Here, this is the thing. This is what we want. Boom. Orlando City tax on their little dollar at the end of the day there. And, again, falls apart. Mm-hmm. Now, in between that time, Rumors are saying that uh, Mr. Megalotus went to go make a purchase with the money that he received on his little signing bonus. Go to cash a check. Got himself in a little trouble. Because the check he went to cash had no money on it because the financial problems that Blackburn are in and they didn't have the money and the deal wasn't ratified. So, yeah. He had a meltdown on Twitter. Oh. After that, um, you're speaking to Luis and Muzi, apparently, <laughs> on this episode. Um, guy goes around, calls probably three or four different podcasts, Orlando City content creators, uh, Luis Muzi Burners, mm-hmm. um, proceeds to pawn him off on Twitter, and then retweet him in a Philadelphia kit. Yep. Yeah. So at that point, we had heard, that the club knew nothing about where Duncan was. Um, it was on Blackburn to return Duncan to Orlando because it was their fault the deal fell through. And the club's not going to reach out to the player directly because they've been speaking to the agent this whole time. It's the way these things go. Uh, when when money's involved and contracts are involved, you got to go through the agent. It's just part of the deal. Agent's not returning calls. So we're just kind of all in the dark. And then we're just kind of scanning the stadium. You know, as we do, looking for Luis Muriel, like we said earlier, we kind of thought he might be there in the boxes. Uh, we located Mr. Luis Muzi himself, um, and we located David Brecolo. And now, Muzi isn't in this picture. We found him somewhere else. But Brecolo, in the box that's pictured, he is the white shirt, bottom left, if you can see, if you're watching. Uh, and then I believe... That's got to be Brecolo's agent right next to him. Then guy in mm-hmm. white shirt next to what is to be, to be believed as Brecolo's agent, Duncan McGuire. Maybe that whole time, Duncan was like, hey, I know a guy that needs a new agent, and he's actually sitting right here. Who knows? Just just random speculation, but I think he would do a better job than Chris Megadouche. Chris Megadouche as dubbed by uh chris i believe it was on twitter 
he also had you can see it on screen he also had this brilliant response he said Brecolo, this is Brecolo 2 Duncan oh so you played in Europe also <laughs> and there's a whole story as to why Duncan has indeed not played in Europe but Brecolo <laughs> no clue yeah just coming just coming back like oh you you back from Rovers you were over <laughs> they they bid for me too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were on loan there right 700k no uh, oh shit <laughs> yeah so that was that was fun, a whole fun thing. So at least he's back here, um, and the club can work towards a common solution, and that's hopefully keeping him here. Um, I think that's what's best for him. There's plenty of competition for him to get rotated. There will be plenty of minutes for him to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. What I don't want to see to happen is him sign a pre-contract and get put up on a shelf and not played. Um, I think that's not good for him. I think that's not going to be good for his long-term development. Let him continue to play here in the league, in the Open Cup, you know, CONCACAF Champions League, where, you know, we we're, we have a lot of competitions. We need goal scorers. He's proven to be a goal scorer. So, I mean, no hard feelings on my end, at least, for the whole Twitter meltdown. I'm just completely attributing that to a drunk idiot um, that went and tried to spend money that he didn't have and then had a full on meltdown. I'm not attributing any of that to Duncan at this moment. Yeah. If it's, if it's a drunk Twitter meltdown, I I don't know if that's worse or better than a sober Twitter meltdown. It's it's neither good nor bad or better or worse. You know, there were other supposed messages between uh, Chris Megalaudis and someone else. I don't know if they ever put their name out or came forward, but it was Mega Loudus just calling himself kooky. Yeah. And just kind of going kind of crazy, it would seem. Not a great look for him. But I think, uh, in my humble opinion, it is time for Duncan to find a new agent in all of this. I would have to agree with that. Um, It's not a good look for him. Guy clearly doesn't have his best interest in his mind. He only has his own best interest in mind. Uh-huh. So it's time to move on to somebody that I, he's got tons of potential. So obviously he needs to find somebody better to work with. Yeah. I'm sure there are at least minimum a handful of agents that would love to represent Duncan, actually represent him and not just trying to be moving for a paycheck. So Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it has been a whole never ending saga with Duncan. Whether it was Blackburn's front office was the worst person in the world. Now we feel bad for Blackburn, and we have made friends with supporters of Blackburn. And now Chris Megalaudis is enemy number one across <laughs> the whole Orlando City fan base. So hopefully everything gets resolved kind of soon. We get news on whether or not there is a pre contract, even though that's not the best scenario. If he Resigns with Orlando City. Orlando City gives him more money. Who knows what's going on, especially with Muriel coming in. Um, but at this point, I just want what's best for the kid. Yeah, I agree. Um, again, another bright talent for the U.S. men's national team. So we just want to see him succeed and continue to play here for our country. Correct. Um, mentioned we were at the game on Saturday. We spotted Duncan, spotted a couple other people. But we haven't actually mentioned the game yet. Mm-hmm. The start of the game 
interesting conceding like half of a second into the match yeah i think it was like two minutes or four minutes into the match it was it was definitely not uh ideal no granted this is a preseason game um and we were clearly trying something out so i don't know if anybody saw the lineup out there but in the lineup we had facundo ojeda lodero angulo and enrique um, and one defensive mid in Cartagena, and then our back four from left to right was Smith, Janssen, Schlegel, and then Kyle Smith or Holiday. Kyle Smith playing left and right back. That is a and new one. <laughs> he plays left, right, attacking mid, defensive <laughs> mid, center back. <laughs> it was the back line. So, yeah, it kind of was a 4 3 3. But with a single holding defensive midfielder and more of two eights, uh, allowing Ojeda and Lodero to kind of float. Ojeda definitely played more of like that second striker, I feel like, when we yeah. were in possession. Yes. Um, you definitely saw him alongside Enrique, definitely inside the box a lot. And then we saw Lodero kind of drift out to that right right hand side. As we've seen, he kind of favors linking up with those guys over there. Yeah. I mean, Lodero, again, looked decent. Uh, like you said, Ojeda, he would kind of drift up with Enrique sometimes. There would even be points in time where Ojeda would be in front of Enrique as as the most forward man as a striker. But then we would also see the opposite to where Lodero and Ojeda would drop back, and it was a back line of four and then a flat midfield three right mm-hmm. in front of that back line. Which I thought was kind of odd with Odero, Odero, Ojeda, <laughs> the mix of Ojeda and Lodero. Uh, with Lodero being an attacking mid that likes to play on that right hand side, and then Ojeda. At this point, who knows what Poppy sees him as? He's used him as basically everything across the front line, <laughs> just as an attacking player. And both of them having to drop in and do their defensive duties, uh, so that one defensive mid kind of single pivot with Cartagena did bring more players back. And I thought I just thought it was weird seeing Ojeda and Lodero having to drop all the way back to do those defensive duties. Yeah, and it definitely was kind of jammy early on with them having to drop back, but they grew into it throughout the game. They definitely looked more confident. Um, definitely, again, this is a preseason game, so we don't want to speak too much on it. We're trying things out, obviously. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is us chasing a goal. You know, we're down a goal. We need we need to score and score too fast to win a game. So let's put as much goal scoring talent as we can on the pitch. And let's figure out the best way to do it to where we're not exposing ourselves too much. So these guys are comfortable playing these roles. You know, maybe like we say, Ojeda's maybe not typically that eight second striker mid dropping back playing defensive mid type guy. Mm-hmm but the more reps that you can get him into doing that when he needs to play that that spot when we're chasing a game that's going to that's going to help us a lot. Yeah. So we saw that happen and we concede 2 to 4 minutes in whichever it was. Uh like you said that we had to go and score so we kind of kept that to to keep the attacking formation going. Then the second half we saw New England sub base oh sorry, we scored in the first half. I forgot. It was 1-1. Mm-hmm. One, one. Uh, Kyle assist and then Facundo goal. Yep, it started on the right side, cross across. Was it Mikey or Lodero that crossed it? 
someone crossed it back. Um, yeah, it might have been Mikey and then Kyle laying it back off to Facundo. Facundo slots at home. Yeah, I can't even lie. The cross, I saw the cross fall to Kyle, and I just got flashbacks of Kyle sitting at the top of the box. So I, I just threw my hand up, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. And then he stayed composed and then found Facundo, and Facundo slotted it away. I was like, well, oh, I'm sorry. I'll shut up. There's a reason I'm sitting over here, and you're on the pitch. <laughs> yep. So fair play. Again, not even our first choice left or right back. If it was Mikey that put that ball across, linking up uh, and creating the goal. So fair play to those guys. I'll just shut up from now on, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so like you were getting into, we saw a complete line change from uh, New England to start the second half. Yeah, even uh, Earl Edwards ended up coming on probably 10 minutes into the second half. Yeah. Former Orlando City Lion, uh, now backup keeper for New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say it was kind of fun to see him, but couldn't give a shit less of him being honest. I mean, it, it was very reminiscent of the old days, just not <laughs> us having to deal with it. So uh, I'll take that. The own goal, typical Earl. Shout out, Earl. <laughs> did that go off of Earl or did it go off the defender? No, it just went off of the, def- the def- oh. uh, defender. But because he was in the lineup, it was bound to happen. So, yeah, I mean, we definitely saw us take more control in the second half, as we should have. Um, mm-hmm. The game definitely opened up, and that, that attack was fun to watch. I will I will say that, you know, those five players being out on the pitch at the same time, you bring in a Muriel, you bring in, you know, uh, Duncan McGuire, you're, you're potentially <laughs> um, getting more from that attack. Mm-hmm. So... So then if Murillo is in Orlando, that same preseason friendly scrimmage, whatever you would like to call it, who would you be dropping from that front four or technically front five at this point to bring in Muriel? <clears throat> Enrique. Drop in Enrique. So then you have, uh, are you thinking Duncan on the pitch or no? Sorry, oh, um, you say, I'm sorry. You were saying Duncan on the pitch? No, I didn't clarify that. But in my head, I'm looking at a picture of Duncan. So in my head, he was on the pitch. But let's just say it was uh, Angulo, Enrique, Facundo, Lodero, Ojeda. I just mm-hmm. said Enrique. Replace Enrique for Duncan. There you go. Who are you taking off? For Muriel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got to be Duncan, unfortunately. Because of the position that Muriel plays and the way he, that he plays. He's not typically a right winger, left winger by any means. Um, so he's got to be that out and out nine. We haven't really seen him play anywhere else. I'm not saying he can't, but that's where he thrives and that's where he does what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. it's got to be, it's got to be Duncan, unfortunately. No two striker look for you. Well, if you're going to play something different than that 4-3-3 that we saw, then yeah. I mean, I'm honestly, I said it to you at the game. The way Madrid was playing with that... uh, 4-1-2-1-2. Yeah. It made me think, like, we could could get something to to work like that. Because even though uh, Valverde and um, Kamavinga are, are shown as interior, you know, players they get wide they provide that width just because they line up in that formation 
you know, we could see Facundo and Angulo do something like that. So just for reference, uh, Madrid against Girona on the weekend, Girona, however you want to say it, lined up in a 4-1-2-1-2, what I would call a wide diamond in the midfield. So there would be one defensive mid, two players on either side of him, advanced a little bit, kind of playing as a left mid and a right mid. But if Madrid is out of possession, then they kind of tuck in and it becomes a little bit more narrow uh, defensively to plug those holes in the middle of the pitch. Then you got one attacking mid right up the middle with them and two strikers up top, which in our scenario would be Luis Muriel and Duncan McGuire. So there's something to be said about that formation, whether that's just what we do defensively uh, and we go narrow and then we kind of switch it up and go into a different formation when we attack. That is, uh, that is an option. But I mean, uh, obviously it's very anti-Oscar Perea. It is. I mean, it's not something that you would see him want to play. And immediately, as soon as we saw Caesar come into this game um, and we played that double pivot, that's really when things started to open up for us. Mm-hmm. So yep. you can already see that that's our, that's our favorite formation at this current. It's our most comfortable. That's where the guys are getting, we're getting the best out of the guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's something to look at to try to see how this two striker look could work if we have Duncan McGuire and Muriel and even not Enrique and Muriel. Um, We got to get goal scorers on the pitch at the same time. And if Duncan McGuire is our top scorer from that position there last year, and Muriel's scoring like he was in Syria over here, then obviously I want those guys on the pitch at the same time if we need. Yeah. They could end up being, one of the best striking duos in the league, possibly the league has ever seen if everything goes to plan according to a two-striker system. If not, you have one of the best striker rotations in the league. And at this point, they just got to be happy for maybe six months, maybe eight months, right? Eight, until yep. December when Duncan runs out of contract. I mean, it's we have tons of options and tons of depth all the way around the field. Now bringing in Brecolo, you know, you can even potentially start looking at playing a three-back when needed um, with Brecolo, Janssen, and Schlegel. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, there's lots of different ways that this can go, and obviously we've been trying different things out. So it's good to see us trying things out. It's good to see production from it. You know, it wasn't completely tatters the entire time. Yeah, uh, even with that three-back that you brought up, you could run a 3-4-1-2. You could still have that double pivot of Cartagena and Araujo in there. And then you got you got a right spot for, for Lodero, a left spot for Angulo, Facundo with the cam, and then you got both Muriel and Duncan up top. So we do have options, but like you said, that 4-2-3-1, uh, what we've been playing, that is what they're most comfortable in, and it shows massively. So you don't really want to take that away from them. But I don't know. I have a hard time trying to accommodate for a single player coming in and switching the whole system. But like you just think about it. You think Muriel and Maguire up top. I'm sitting here thinking. They're the M&Ms. Yeah. I'm coining that. That's awesome. (laughs) No, look, man. Like, Like you said, I'm sitting here thinking about it. Like that's 60 goals a year. From from Lodero right underneath them with Duncan and Muriel up top and Facundo and 
Angulo on the pitch at the same time? As long as it's Angulo. And not, no, I, Ivan. I, I, I can't get it. That my memory doesn't hold information like that for that long. Yeah, not Ivan, Ivan. <laughs> as long as Ivan is on the pitch and neither of the other two, then you can, <laughs> could be bagging some goals. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, they all got the work rate to get back. So, I mean, they've shown it. It's not like we got Luis Nani playing for us at the left wing anymore. Like That's true. Angulo will get back. We've seen Lodero mm-hmm. even work at this point. Mm-hmm. Ojeda at this point was having a track back. Maybe not as well as the other two, but he showed that he would do it. So yeah. We got options, man. That's all I'm saying. You know, if, if a different look suits a different team, why not? I can't see Oscar doing it, but on paper it looks good. Obviously, if it if it looks good in training too, we'd play it. Yeah, I, who knows? Maybe we just uh, picked out Oscar's tactics for next season and don't even know it yet. The scoops keep coming, boys. <laughs> just randomly talking about it on the podcast just helps. Not even planned. Didn't even talk about this before. Just random tactics on the fly. I mean, but that's the thing, though, is you can kind of look at this team and you can see the different directions that it can go. And that's what's exciting about this year. Um, And it's different than years past where we kind of had a feeling about the way we were going to play and the identity we were going to have. And like this is a reload year for us, but not a complete rebuild. And it's kind of it's exciting because we don't know what's going to happen, man. And we could come out playing something completely different than what we played all year last year because it suits this team better. Yeah, I think with how comfortable the squad is in that 4-2-3-1, I think that'll be the main formation. But when you have so many matches and sometimes you have to accommodate two different players being available, injured, tired, whatnot, maybe we do see like a 3-5 to back kind of thing just to maybe lock it down during a certain point of a game or... Uh, even maybe up the attack a little bit in other matches. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, three to five back, a single defensive mid, double pivot. We don't know two strikers, single striker. It's mm-hmm. it's all kind of up in the air. We're all speculating right now. We have a good idea of what we're going to play. Like you said, what's our best formation and what our starting eleven is going to be. But things change. We had ideas last year and we started off the season going not great. So things change. Yep. No, I think this team's got a bright future. So I'm looking forward to the season starting in what is now nine days. Yeah, uh, CONCACAF Champions Cup against Calvary to start it off. <laughs> it's, uh, That's our it's, team. Sorry, our team has gone from Orlando, Mexico, Bradenton, Orlando, and now they got to go up to the freezing, frigid temperatures of Victoria's Island. Right yep. above Seattle, oh, they're all gonna be in long sleeves, and then so what are the like the tights? Yep, gloves long on, the hand warmers in the gloves. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be something. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough for those guys for sure. It, and the start of the season is not gonna get any easier. A lot of travel to start off the season right away. We got home at against Vancouver, and then we travel away to. Montreal, Montreal, Montreal at home. Yes. 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 The first one. Um, And then we travel away to um, 
No, I think it's home home, and then it and that's when the nonsense starts because it'd be home against Vancouver, Montreal, and then it'd be home against Calgary, and then away against uh, Fort Lauderdale. Yep. Yeah, so it's just to clarify because I'm confused also. Yeah. Away against Calgary up in Victoria's Island, Montreal mm-hmm. comes here to Orlando. We play home. And then we have Calvary come here, second leg of CONCACAF, away to Fort Lauderdale, home against Minnesota, away against Atlanta. So a little bit of traveling to start off the season right away against some tough competition right off the bat. Um, it's never easy going down south, but with the retirement community coming off of their uh, <laughs> world tour, I think this is the time we want to play them. Yeah, and I believe if we go through against Calvary, the second round, the round of 16, or I believe it would be round of 16, I think is thrown in there somewhere right around the yeah, Atlanta match. Yep, I think it's in between the Miami Atlanta match. So there's there's a Minnesota, right? There's March 2nd is Fort Lauderdale, March 9th, mm-hmm. Minnesota, March 17th, Atlanta. So it would be like the 5th of March and then like the 14th. Yeah, something like March. that, I believe. That is, so, that is something to start the season. And then we're potentially facing Tigres in that round. So little revenge tour shaping up, you know. It, it, it would be beautiful if we could go through it like we did the Open Cup and just beat all the rivals on the way to the trophy. Uh-huh. So it's kind of shaping up to, to be that way for us with Tigres in the next round and then Columbus if they make it to the round, the, the third round. Yeah, yeah. So. Hey, revenge tour maybe unlocked. We'll see. Well, it's a whole start to the season, a crazy start to the season, but that's what we've brought these signings in for to help us through, and hopefully they can come through for us. Yep. Well, I think that's gonna hit the end of the podcast episode. We didn't have much to talk about, but we got forty-six minutes of content yeah. out there for you. So, I think we uh, definitely covered the stuff that we we needed to appreciate everybody for watching if you like what you saw here make sure you hit that like button turn on the notification bell because the season is starting fan reacts will be rolling out so be notified as soon as they come out turn on our our notifications on twitter too if you want to see anytime any rumors come out and stuff like that we try to be some of the first to post everything so if you want to stay in the loop on all that kind of stuff make sure you turn on the notifications there Thanks again to our sponsor of today's episode, Bet Online. Make sure you use that 50% welcome bonus. And all the other links are in the description. Appreciate you, Zach, for actually doing this today. It was good not getting a red card with you today. Hey, we're still at a clean slate, baby. Going to try to keep it for as long as possible. Yeah. All, right. all right. We Thank will you. talk to you on uh, Thursday. Hop in our live. Don't forget about that. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.